from the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign, it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357. Now, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good Richie here. If you have any questions, let us know. Raise your hand here at the Esquire. The phone line is open as well. 356-9397 is the number for that here on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Fighting Illini basketball team coming off a loss at Iowa yesterday. Still in the top 20. Ranked number 20 this week in the Associated Press poll. The Illini back in action on Friday night at the State Farm Center against Maryland, which is now the highest ranked Big Ten team in the uh, top 20. Maryland is at uh, number nine. Michigan State at 16. Iowa moves up to 17. Illinois is 20th and Penn State is 22. Rutgers, Scott Ritchie uh, dropped out of the top 25. Yeah, they took a tumble. Uh, I still had them ranked. I mean, they... Uh Lost on a neutral site to Michigan uh, after you know beating Purdue earlier in the week, so I don't know that they needed to drop out of the top 25. I think they're 34th now, technically. Uh, so the rest of the country, or at least the voters, didn't agree with me, but I slid them at number 25. But uh, And I didn't drop Illinois either. I mean, there's no reason to. They lost to on the road uh, against a ranked opponent. And I was a little curious about how the rest of the, the voters would treat that. Uh, just because you know, sometimes the team loses and the circumstances of the loss aren't necessarily uh, taken into into account and you know, they, they tumble pretty far. But top 20 is, I think, where Illinois uh, still deserved to be. Uh, one loss didn't unmake all of the ground that they had built up in the, the seven wins uh, previously. So uh, it turned out uh, maybe better than I anticipated. And Matt, the Illini, as I mentioned, uh, don't play again until Friday night, but uh, a couple of key home games coming up now, Friday and next Tuesday, against a couple of top uh, 20 teams in uh, Maryland and Michigan State. Those are huge games. Yeah, I mean, the, this uh, this two-and-a-half-week stretch in February is, is kind of maybe become the, the defining point of, of this Illini season. You know, I had the first test yesterday against Iowa, and you know, we're with the Hawkeyes right until the end there, and I uh, really just struggled to, to score down the stretch, and uh, Maryland comes in with a, a boatload of confidence, and Illinois is going to have to, you know, maybe overcome a mental block of the way they finished that game at Maryland two months ago with that, that lead and, and losing it late there, and um, Michigan State already beat Illinois by 20 points this season in East Lansing. Now, obviously, Illinois has played much better since then, but uh, then two tough road games uh, out on the East Coast at Rutgers, which is known, I think, the, the rack is the trapezoid of doom this year. Uh, no, they haven't lost a home game. So uh, Illinois is going to have to play really well in Piscataway. 
which has always kind of been a problem place for the Illini in the past few years. And then at Penn State, who's in the top 25. And as every Illinois fan knows, the Nittany Lions have caused some problems uh, for Brad Underwood's teams in the past. So um, this is a, a really crucial stretch uh, for, the, for the Illini, not only if they want to keep hold of their top spot in the Big Ten, but also just to try to move up the seed line uh, when it comes to the NCAA tournament. More basketball talk coming up here. Again, if you have any comments about yesterday's game or any questions, you might want to ask Mr. Daniels. He was there. Were you there too, Bob? No, I wasn't there. Scott was there. What did I say? Yeah, you said me. It's cool, Scott. Well, I'm pointing Steve, to I just called you Scott, so <laughs> we're off to a great start. <laughs> we'll uh, try to figure out who's who here as we move along. But congratulations on uh, some football news to Nick Allegretti as he became the 32nd former Illini football player to uh, play in the Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl ring. And, uh, Bob, that was uh, a neat story. He got in on uh, on uh, special teams plays as he did all season long. Right. And that's really – I talked to his dad today. They were kind of coming back from Florida. Had a great time, obviously. Got to go to the Super Bowl party. Could have go to the game, of course. And it, it's a, kind of a great story for him, of course, because here's a guy, seventh-round pick, who makes his way onto the team, which is no guarantee when he gets drafted. A lot of times I think seven-round picks don't make it. But he made it, impressed the coaches enough to get on the field this year, and then now he's got a Super Bowl bring it. I figured out, found out $124,000. That's what the Super Bowl champion gets, plus all the money he got already for winning all the playoff games. So I think Nick's doing okay. Don't ask him for money, but he's doing okay. A great story, no doubt. Raise your hand if you know the name of the Fighting Illini football player, the Fighting Illini graduate, let's put it that way, that has the most Super Bowl championships and appearances with five. Steve, you're Preston the, Pearson uh, is correct. There you go. You were the only one that raised your hand, though. No. What the, okay. They shouted it out. They the shouted crowd. it out. I raised right. my hand. There you go. Who's second with four? Anybody? Anybody? Edmund Langner. Correct. Thank you. There you go. I should know that. Some Super Bowl trivia. But, uh, some other football news. Lovey Smith uh, introduced a couple of the uh, new uh, defensive coaches, defensive right. line coaches earlier today, one of whom we hope will be joining us here before we're done coming up at 6 o'clock. What did you learn over there today? I think he's pretty, pretty confident that he hired the right guys, which when you're a staff of 10 assistant coaches, you've got to make sure everybody fits, everybody knows their role, and also it's all, one, all for one type deal. And I think Lovey Smith has much better staff now ready to go this year than he did maybe when he started. He kind of said, I've made some changes. I've learned more about college football. So I think he looked for people that may be more in tune with what the game is now as opposed to when he first got here and hired a bunch of NFL people. So I think he made some good choices. He's not unhappy but that the other coaches leave because he wants them to advance. So he says the right things about that, which makes him, frankly, a better, a good boss because you want your boss to support you if you have an opportunity to move on, he, he does that. So I think Lovis Smith is happy with the two guys. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they all meshes once, once things get going. No, we have another signing date this week? We do. And there may, may or may not be one at Illinois. There was a player in the, in the uh, queue. Uh, whether or not he signs is a question we don't know for sure. But if, if they have a signing date, actually, I, I believe they'll have an uh, interview session maybe Thursday if there is one. So may or may not be. If not, Levy Smith's got some scholarships in his pocket. He's got, the, uh, he's got a transfer portal to look at. 
So he may come up with a completely different plan from what he's got going right now. Those two new uh, coaches will coach on the defensive line. Jimmy Lindsey comes to the U of I from Western Kentucky. Right. And Alfred Davis comes from Hutchinson right. Community College. He goes by Al. And so Al, Al Davis is not coaching Illinois, kind of cool. And he, uh, he very, both the guys very sharp and I think pretty excited to be here. Obviously, working for Levy Smith as a defensive coach would be a really cool deal. So they, I think they're appreciative, but I also think they're guys that are going to really help this team get better. Back to the basketball game in Iowa City. Scott Ritchie, were you still at courtside when the game ended, or had you already started to move to the media room, or did you see the uh, handshake as uh, they moved through there? Well, uh, since it's we weren't at State Farm Center or uh, Breslin at, at Michigan State, not courtside because – uh, every other Big Ten school has moved the media away from the court and Jerks. sold those seats to people that will pay for them. Uh, so we sit up uh, about a quarter of the way, kind of in the corner at Carver-Hawkeye, and I had, I looked down briefly just to update our website after the game with you know, the final score, and when I looked up, I saw Kipper Nichols going after somebody. I was like, I was sort of surprised. I had no idea what was happening. And then... There were a few more harsh words exchanged between uh, players on both sides, definitely the coaches uh, on both sides, and then Adam Fletcher was kind of holding back most of the Illinois players to let Iowa get to their locker room because at Carver, um, both teams used the same tunnel. After Good idea, game. by the way. Uh, yeah. yeah, At the State Farm Center, they go off in different directions, so it, it works. But uh, Illinois players kind of were held at midcourt so Iowa could get to their locker room, and then Illinois – one as well, but uh, you know, both teams had some hard feelings for certain events that happened in the final really 12 seconds of the game. Uh, let that be known, and I saw more uh, just from the, the clips that people pulled from the FS1 broadcast because, uh, yeah, I looked up, when I saw, looked up and saw Kipper uh, very angry, and he's not an angry type of, type of guy, I was like, I had no idea what had happened in like the 12 seconds I wasn't looking at the floor, but... Uh, should make for an interesting rematch, uh, the final game of the, the regular season when Iowa comes to back to Champaign. Their fans boo L.A. like a lot, of course. I'm sure Illinois fans are going to be I'm super saying, nice to Iowa no, I'm when they come here next I'm month. saying the feelings are very mutual between these two programs. So I think it'll be – right, it'll be very similar when, when Iowa comes here. Why not? Uh, I'm sure the Orange Crush is going to just whisper nice nothings to Fran You know, that would be kind of a neat approach. Just be friendly. Kill him with kindness. Yeah, why not? Yeah, that's not going to happen. I know that's going to happen. Be cool if it did. Fun at the old ballpark. That uh, game coming up early March, the last Big Ten game before the Big Ten tournament starts. So that uh, should be a fun weekend. We'll take our first time out, Monday night sports talk at the Esquire in downtown Champaign. We'll introduce you to one of the new Illinois football coaches when we come back after this. Stay with us here on DWS. It's Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 with the News Gazette Media Sports Writers. Live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. Try their famous burgers or specialty pizzas while you watch the game. And welcome back to the show, everybody. Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire. Steve Kelly along with the News Gazette uh, Sports Writers, Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, and Bob Osmussen here with you at the Esquire, Bob, you have an announcement you'd like to make? Or I something? do. My wife, we've been married a long time. 
I think longer than she would like to be married to me. Is she listening <laughs> right now, Bob? I doubt it. But if, uh, in case she is, with a rare chance she, she is, she has a special birthday today, a big one. She's 40-ish, so I want everybody to know that. She's 40-ish, and uh, hopefully she's not working too hard. But, yes, she put up with me for a long time. Happy she's birthday to Julie. And she After, has a new job. She does have a new job at the University of Illinois campus. So I've, don't ask me what it is because <laughs> I have no idea. But no, it's, I don't think they know it was her birthday either. She didn't want to brag about it. But anyway, Speak. she's low-key. But anyway, pretty cool. Good. Happy birthday, Julie. Speaking of the University of Illinois, we have a young lady named Abby here taking some pictures you may have noticed of Shorty Eichelberger on a feature story that is in the works there. So that'll be fun to keep an eye on. Shorty just shot you a look, Steve. Uh, well, <laughs> now she's smiling. But there you thanks go. for bailing me out no there. No problem. And this uh, other uh, good-looking gentleman up here is the, one of the newest additions to the Illinois football coaching staff. Say hi to Al Davis, everybody. He is uh, new in town, and he'll be working with the defensive tackles. Welcome to Champaign-Urbana, and uh, tell us a little bit about your background, Al. Thank you, thank you. I'm Coach Al Davis. I'm from College Park, Georgia. I played my college ball at the University of Arkansas. I also was a graduate assistant at the University of Arkansas. And then after being there for three years, I spent three years at Hutchinson Community College in Hutchinson, Kansas, coaching the Jayhawk Conference. Had a lot of talent over the past three seasons, and that's where I met Coach Lovey Smith and uh, Coach Corey Patterson. So what attracted you to uh, the U of I? Obviously, Lovey Smith was part of it, but when you had a chance to apply for this job. Tell us about that process. So the, the, the junior college platform provides the opportunity for you to get in front of college coaches. The, the talent that we had at Hutch over the past three years, every school, every Power Five school in America has to come through that place to recruit. So when it's a, being, at, being there as a coach, there's a platform for the players, but it's also a platform for the coaches. So this season, coach came through, was recruiting hard, and uh, I had the opportunity to be able to, you know, basically present myself to him. And I treated every day working there like an interview. So I'm, I'm never offbeat. So I had a good experience the day that coach came through. Uh, he asked for my business card on the way out the door. Uh, I couldn't have told you that it was going to turn into this, but now I'm here. <laughs> you, 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 played, you played college football in, in the SEC, one of the toughest conferences in the country. What made you want to get into coaching? The so my senior year, I was already in grad school, took a nine-hour internship, and I would buzz over during the daytime to Fayetteville High School and help coach the football team there. Actually won a state championship that year. So I was playing my senior season at the University of Arkansas, but I was also helping at the high school. So it was one of those deals where, uh, one, I got class credit for it. I ended up getting an A in the class, did a good job. <laughs> so that was good. But also, uh, I, I wasn't the most elite athlete. You know what I mean? I had to be the smart football player. So naturally becoming a coach because I was a smart football player kind of helped me trend in that direction towards coaching. So that's how it all started. And it started at Fayetteville High School. And then I was I had a short stint in the NFL. My NFL career was this long. <laughs> it, it, it came and it went. I was an undrafted free agent to the Bears. I was cut. I went to the Patriots. Uh, later on in that season of 2013, I was cut again. And then I became a graduate assistant at Arkansas. Coach, last year, uh, Illinois had these really good defensive tackles, the experienced guys. Now a lot, all those guys are gone. What do you know about the guys that are here now? What do you, what do you think you need to do? That do, you, do you have any eligibility left? Right, before? can you play? <laughs> I can teach them everything they need to know, though. So 
we have a, we we do have a young group. Uh, the, the the five guys that we have here are working really hard in the weight room right now. The what we're what we're going to trend towards is being technicians. And when you don't have that maturity, you don't have that type of that age, that seniority. You want to be really good at the fundamentals. So being able to teach these guys the techniques that they need to defeat blocks and get off blocks and go make plays, and, and just kind of doing it by committee. Usually you have, you know, a lot of teams going to have that one superstar at a position. That guy will be able to take over games and do certain things. Well, we're going to take two players and make one. So doing it by committee, just teaching them the fundamentals, teaching them the, the drills, teaching them the techniques that, to help them be successful. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to ask you, how, how is working with Coach Lindsay going to be? Do you have an oh, idea? Oh, it's going great. Uh, I knew Jimmy before this uh, right, you said that. Uh, came upon, uh, upon both of us. Uh, I think it's going to be great to have a, a, a guy that's more of a vet around. That way, when I do need to lean over and ask questions, I can. I do have mentors that I also lean on, but being able to work in conjunction with Coach Lindsay, putting the group together, us being split up D-tackles and D-ends provides the opportunity for us to be a little bit more specific with the guys that we have. The groups are smaller, so you're not talking to this big, broad group. It's not one D-line coach talking to 14, 15 different kids. It's two different coaches talking that anywhere from five to eight kids, and you can be a little bit more specific with them when it comes to their doing their job and the details and the nuances of the position. Well, you mentioned having some mentors made in the coaching profession. Now you're going to be working for Lovey Smith, who's pretty well-known yes, as sir. a defensive coach. Just what do you maybe kind of foresee as being the opportunity there to learn and grow yourself? It, I think it's a great opportunity for me as a young coach. Coach has a lot of experience. He's, he's a pioneer in the coaching game. As a young coach, we look up to guys like that. And to be able to coach for him is, you know, I'm ecstatic about it. I'm excited to be here. I thank Coach for the opportunity. I'm humble. I really appreciate being able to work with them and be up under them and learn and grow. So it's exciting for me. We're visiting with Al Davis, one of the new additions to the uh, University of Illinois football coaching staff. What did you know about, besides the name Lovey Smith, what did you know about Illinois football? One, it's in one of the toughest Power Five conferences have, has had a – from going dated way back when, right? Got the big trophy of Mr. Buckets outside, right? Being being real known for, uh, you know, hard-nosed football, great defenses. And I'm happy to be here, happy to be a part of it. The way we're trending, the the, the objective of our program right now and the direction that coach has us going, I, I'm happy to be a part of it. I'm, I'm, ready to, I'm ready for the challenge of having a young group. And I think we're going to continue to get better and better. We're climbing. Recruiting such a huge part of a college football assistant coach these days and having gone through the recruiting process not so long ago for yourself how do you think that can translate when you have to go into prospects living rooms and you know wine and dine mom and dad and grandma and grandpa and everyone else in the family just just being caught up on the trends and being able to relate uh the the unique thing about my situation is is i, I come from juco right so naturally i'm going to recruit the junior colleges again like i said when i introduced myself i'm from atlanta so being, being the face, my face is fresh to those guys in Atlanta as a college football player. And now that I'm a young coach, those guys, they know me, they're familiar with me. Same thing with the kids that, we're, that, that we'll be recruiting, okay? They're going to know, okay, oh, that's Coach Davis. You know, he played at Arkansas. And, and, and I think just being able to get in there and relate to the kids and understand, okay, these millennials are a little different nowadays. It's not like football was 20 years ago. You could be a little bit harder on them, right? Nowadays, you kind of got to cater to them. They got social media. They got the phones. They can get on the Internet. So it's good to be, you know, in contact with them on Twitter and being able to communicate in all those different ways. But just being, like I said, just being able to relate to them. Coach, how are you 
during practice? Are you going to be tough, or are you kind of, like you said, kind of more? I look tough, don't I? Well, that's what I'm wondering. <laughs> I'll that's be what... honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I'm smiling right now, and this is the part of the job, right? But at the end of the day, I prided myself in being a tough football player. Okay. So it translated into me being a tough football coach. I think as a D lineman, naturally, you're supposed to have some natural grit to you. Okay. And if you don't, I'll bring it out of them. We, that, that, that's something that can be taught to a kid. Okay. He might not naturally be tough when he first get there on day one, but if the expectation is high and we're going to be tough guys and we're going to be physical, we're going to play hard, we're going to play fast, and as long as they're being a direct reflection to me, the, the, that group will be everything that we want it to be. So you're a little nasty on the field yourself. Very, very. Okay. I elbow him in the side, a little <laughs> throw him punch. What, Within uh, the rules, right? Yeah. Within the rules. Right. What, what was your own recruiting process like when you were in high school? So, uh, I – Again, from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, I had three SEC offers. They all came late. So, in the beginning, I had Georgia Southern, uh, uh, Appalachian State, South Florida, a whole bunch of group of five mid-major type schools. And then towards the, the – like probably three weeks before signing day, the SEC schools came in, visited Tennessee, visited Auburn, and I visited Arkansas. Coach Ward, who was the DB's coach at the time at Arkansas, did a great job recruiting me. My visit at Arkansas was awesome. I had a good time with the guys. It was the, the, the brotherhood that I felt that, that made me want to go to the University of Arkansas. So I wasn't a big-time recruit. It wasn't really, really flashy. It got flashy at the end. And so I got a little <laughs> wild at the end, and that's how I ended up at Arkansas. So having spent the last three years at, at Hutchinson and you know, maybe getting a, a feel for what you know, Juco football is like uh, uh, in the – kind of in that conference which is a good one and maybe just maybe more generally just what maybe you feel like you can do to build some relationships there maybe you know pick some of those those top talent because Illinois has kind of been a little hit or miss uh, recruiting at that level uh, well just just playing in the league along the the talent level right now especially in Kansas it's unlimited out-of-state recruiting so when you can go out and sign as many kids as you want to into that freshman class, that pool of quality players is going to go up. So for me, I had three D linemen that signed back in December. One signed with Iowa State, one signed with Nebraska, one kid signed with Kansas State. There's, it's rare that you're going to have a D line that has that much talent in one group. Well, Independence got three guys, and Garden City has three guys. Our Western got three guys. So just being able to put a product on the field that other coaches – were wild by when my kids showed up to play every game. After the game was over with, I always got handshakes. Always got people coming over saying, "Hey, your group plays fast. They play physical. They play hard." And I always say, hey, "It's just a direct reflection to me. Those guys work their butt off. They take the coach and they take the teacher." Another few minutes with Al Davis, new football coach, being from Georgia, having played at Arkansas, so being a Southern guy. There's a lot of folks in this room, maybe uh, within the sound of my voice, that would like to see some of that southern speed come north a little bit. And yes, sir. I'm, I'm hoping you got some good connections down there. Yes, the 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 already on our staff. I think Coach Bellamy and Coach Patterson has already done a good job down there getting getting the logo out in front of kids. Okay, myself and Coach Lindsey both have exclusively recruited the Georgia area. We're going to split that area up in four different ways. We got to sit down, and have a meeting about it, talk about who will take what, but. I was, I was a decent football player in high school there. A lot of my coaches from high school have all split up. Some of them are head coaches, some of them are coordinators, but they're all, they're all in different directions. Coach Lindsey's been coaching football for 19 years and has always recruited that area. Everybody that I know, he know them and more. Coach Bellamy's done a great job down there. Coach Patterson's done a great job down there. And I think 
we, we just got to bomb that area, and that's the plan right now. Recruiting takes up such a large aspect of your job, like I mentioned earlier. Just how do you – you're young, you're enthusiastic. How much do you think that can help you when you get into the grind of the recruiting season when you're making two, three trips a day and going to multiple high schools and things like that at all? It's big time, and I like it. You know what I mean? I think it's one of those deals where uh, – some of the older guys in the game, they've been coaching ball for a long time. Their, their reputation signs kids for themselves. You know, for me as a young coach, I got to go grind. I got to go work, right? I got to go drive all over the place to go get the right kids. And I've done that up until this point, and I continue to do the same thing. Got a question here from uh, Shorty in the audience. Welcome to the Illini family. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Now, tell me, who are you bringing besides yourself? Do you have a family? Yes, I do. I have a niece and a nephew. I don't have any kids myself, but I have a niece and a nephew, 15-year-old Angel Johnson, and then I have a nephew, Royal Sire Johnson. He's 10 years old, so they both will be moving here with me. Shortly they'll finish out this school year, but they'll start next year here. Good. Well, welcome, welcome aboard. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, just what's that going to be like, having two teenagers? Oh, me? man. It's crazy already. I've been raising them all my all their lives, so I'm pretty. I got it down packed. Uh, it, it, in the past, it's always been Facetime, right? So this will be the first time we all get to be together. So I'm pretty excited about that. As a fan of college football, you mentioned uh, you, you paid some attention to the Big Ten, the SEC, obviously. Your your thoughts on the Big Ten, and did you ever think that you know what? If I ever get a shot to coach in the Big Ten, I got to jump all over that. But your thoughts of Big Ten the, football? The league's a, a tough league. Uh, when you think Big Ten, you think big, physical, hard-nosed. And to be honest with you, it's right up my alley because I'm not a speed. Speed don't come with Big Al. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and I, think, I think the style of coaching that I, that I do have and the, the way that I'll get my players to play, it fits this, this conference pretty well. We're going to play against big old linemen, big, tall, long, physical guys, and we're going to go take the fight to those guys. That's the plan. You guys are specializing a bit, maybe a little differently than most staffs. A defensive line coach, in many cases, uh, works with the whole line. You, yep. you guys are you're working with the tackles, and Jimmy's going to work with the defensive ends. Talk about how that's going to work. Well, we actually teach the same D-line system. We come from the same tree, just two different branches. So working with Jimmy is it, going to be pretty smooth because a lot of the lingo, lingo and language is going to be the same. The same way he talk about hands, bicep, sternum, I say bicep, sternum. Talk about dictating daylight, he talk about dictating daylight. The difference is I got the bigger dudes that are inside, he got the smaller dudes that are outside. But as far as the drills and, and all the techniques, all of that stuff, is, is, it's the same. You, you played at Arkansas, and you mentioned off the air just the kind of tumultuous time in your college career there. Just what was that like going through that, and how do you think that prepared you for the coaching ranks at all? Well, Obviously, you know, I got to learn from some mistakes, you know what I mean? And being in the coaching world, you know, you got to carry yourself a certain way. You, you're held to a different standard. Uh, as a player, it was, it was kind of surprising and shocking. Uh, I, I love Coach Peter Death. He does, I thought we had a great – he had a great – I had a great career there. Won a lot of football games, won a Cotton Bowl. Uh, coach made a mistake. He's actually back in coaching now. Mm -hmm. He's at Missouri State now. He wrote a book. He, uh, he announced his book at the uh, FC, uh, the AFCA uh, conference. But one of those deals where, you know, I got to watch my coach make a mistake, and I learned from it as a young player, and now I'm a coach, and I had that in the back of my head. Well, take, it, take us through, I guess, the process. You said you met Lovey Smith back in the fall when he came out to recruit at Hutch. 
just that process of maybe talking at AFCA to gotcha. where you are now at all? I'm sure, gotcha. it's, I'm sure it's been a whirlwind. It has been. It's been a long three weeks. So Coach, Coach Patterson was initially recruiting Hutch. He came out by himself, uh, met Corey. When Corey left Hutch, he came back and he talked to Coach about, hey, there's a young coach there. You know, when you come through, you might want to meet him. So the second time that, that Illinois came through, Coach was, coach was with Corey, uh, Corey Patterson and, and Coach uh, Miles, and uh, they, they, they came in, they sat down, they talked with us about, you know, our scheme and, and what, how we asked our players to play. Our, talked a little ball, and then it kind of turned into, you know, me and Coach just talking about different techniques. I, I, I explained to him that, hey, I consider myself a technician. I'm more about teaching the drills you know, drilling the drills as much as I can. It's pretty repetitive. It's, it's pretty catchy. The kids catch on to it. And I think Coach took liking to that. And he remembered it. On the way out the door, Coach asked for my business card. I was happy he asked for it, but I didn't really think too much of it. And then uh, once all, all Coach Austin Clark took the uh, Miami Dolphins job, I got a phone call from Coach. And then after that, it was, hey, I would like to interview you. And uh, when knocked the interview out, I felt like I had did a good job in the interview, but you know how that is. He's going <laughs> to interview multiple guys. So I was just sitting around waiting on that phone call. I got the phone call. Obviously, I was excited about it, uh, happy that coach called. I'm very thankful for the opportunity. Uh, I, I really appreciate that coach believed in me. You know what I mean? I think he, he felt like he had a good opportunity with a good young coach, and he gave me the opportunity. Got a question back here in the back. Gotcha. Al from a gentleman that you'll get to know a little bit. His name is Lauren Tate. <laughs> gotcha. He's been a reporter here since... Uh, a while. Lincoln era. Since, a while. Uh, Lincoln era. Moby Dick. He's 88 <laughs> years young. Go ahead, Lauren. I, I just wanted you to go over the head. You missed Bielema, I believe, and you did play for Petrino. Did you play for John L. Smith, too? I played for John L. That was my senior year, and I actually grad I was a graduate assistant for Coach Bielema. Coach Bielema was the head coach of Arkansas 2014, through 16 when I was there as a GA. Yep. What was that? Three different coaches, I'm sure. Three different personalities. Yes, completely different <laughs> personalities. And just the, style, the, 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 the phases that the program went through. When I was there, we, we were extremely good. It was bad when we started, but, you know, we worked our way up, played in the Sugar Bowl, played in the Cotton Bowl, and then kind of went downhill after that. I was out for the 2013 year, wasn't around the program much. And then when I became a GA under Coach Bielema, we were trending back in the right direction. Went to back-to-back -back bowl games. And, you know, now it's not pretty, but they got to get that figured out. How, <laughs> how, how, many, how many times in your life have you heard Woo Pig Suey? Oh, man. I say it a lot. I say it a lot as a, as a, as a, as a proud alum now, right? Got two degrees from that place. Uh, it's unique. It's different. Uh, the people raise their kids from small to, you know, from a young age to, you know, call the hogs. So it's it's crazy. It's a crazy atmosphere. I love my time there. I was I spent eight years there, five as a player, three as a GA. So it's kind of embedded in me. Got my name on the ground twice. I got a bachelor's and a master's from there. So I'm excited, you know, just to be a part of that Razorback family. It's in my bloodline. But I wear this orange eye now. You know what I mean? I wear this orange eye now. Good answer. No, nobody in Illinois is listening, so I, you can answer this question. Honestly, truthfully. SEC or Big Ten? Big Ten. We're going to kick butt. <laughs> <laughs> would you have said that a year ago? <laughs> I probably would have, just to be honest with you. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Well, we appreciate your time. Thanks for, I know it's been a busy time, busy few days for you to get uh, settled here, but thanks for stopping by. Remember where we're at here on Monday nights, and we'll Come have back you back time. from thank time you, to time. Happy to be here. Thank you, guys. Thank That's you. Al Davis, everybody. New uh, defensive line coach for the Fighting Illini football team. 
We'll take a break, and we'll be back with another segment or so here for you. Talk some more basketball and more on Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire. Stay with us. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS with the News Gazette Media Sports Writers. Live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. And welcome back to the show, everybody. Another eight or nine or so minutes here on this edition of Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire. Super Bowl last night, a couple of uh, EIU guys. We don't want to talk about it. On our staff here in uh, Scott Ritchie and Matt Daniels, of course, paying close attention to uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, to I, talk about I it. was I was actually of the three people sitting up here because Steve's working the crowd right now, but I actually got to watch the game because Scott was driving. Scott and Bob are driving back from Iowa, so they they picked it up in various parts of Western Illinois on the I, radio. We, we went old school and listened to the Super Bowl on the radio. It was, and it was fun. Kevin Harlan's really good at that. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. He, he was good. Kurt Warner was good. Oh, yeah. Next year, I'm going to watch it on TV. Okay, fair enough. Unless if I, if I, I can, unless Illinois is playing in a basketball game. Schedules a basketball game. I watch it when I get home. Uh, but yeah, it was a uh, it was a good Super Bowl, you know, close, competitive, and then Jimmy Garoppolo looked like an FCS quarterback in the the fourth quarter and uh, did not play well at all. And uh, you know, the Chiefs made some huge plays when they needed him to. Patrick Mahomes stated his case as arguably the best quarterback in the NFL with uh, his fourth quarter performance, which was something after he played so subpar the first three quarters and, and the 49ers seem to really have not figured out but uh, the 49ers went away from the run game that, that kind of worked so well and Garoppolo missed a few throws the Chiefs kind of mixed up their, their defense a little bit and uh, you know ran away with uh, you know a comfortable 11 point win which didn't seem that way you know seven and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. I'm going to uh, absolve Jimmy Garoppolo of that loss and blame Kyle Shanahan because Niners built a I mean, no lead is safe, really, against Patrick Mahomes, but they had a lead, had it late, and then played not to lose. I think they kind of took the foot off the gas there. Yeah, just uh, the run game had worked so well, you know, all season, and especially in the playoffs, and they won, you know, the NFC title by Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the ball eight times. I mean, I'd pref- you know like to see him throw it occasionally, but Kyle Shanahan went away from what worked, got super safe, super cautious, and then... That left the door open for Patrick Mahomes, and he kicked right through it. Well, there were a few times, too. I mean, Garoppolo was just – his accuracy in the first three quarters was really on point. I mean, he only, I think, had two or three incompletions at one segment there. And, and then there were some questionable play calls, decisions by the 49ers because they were kind of in some run situations where he thought, okay, we're going to run the ball, maybe get it to third and short, see what you can do from there. But they decided to throw the ball, and, and Garoppolo missed on, on a few of his passes, and the, the Chiefs took advantage. I mean, the, you credit Kansas City, you know – People can say San Francisco lost that Super Bowl, but Kansas City won it by, by their performance in, in the fourth quarter. And uh, Patrick Mahomes just continues to, to play beyond his years. It's hard to believe that he's only 24 years old and he's already won an MVP in the NFL and, and a Super Bowl in only his third season. He's won it more, too. I, I think it's really cool that Andy Reid won Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He's the, he was the coach that had won the most games of all time without winning a Super Bowl. So now he's got that. We can stop talking about that, but it's really cool. One more. I don't think it's done winning Super Bowls. I think they're going to win more. I think as long as Mahomes is healthy and there, it's, they're going to draw great free agents, running backs, receivers, linemen. They're going to be good that way for a long time. Their defense stood up yesterday like they hadn't really all season. So credit to him and credit to them. And pretty cool for a team that hadn't won in 50 years to win a Super Bowl. 
kind of hard not to root for them. No offense to the Houston Illinois connection. Yeah. Well, and I mean Patrick Mahomes is great. Damian Williams was the MVP of the Super Bowl, and I just call it what it is. It's an award for quarterbacks now. Like the MVP regular season is an award for quarterbacks. Like the Heisman Trophy is an award for quarterbacks, which I voted for a quarterback. <laughs> but you're part of the problem, Scott. Yeah, I'm that's, part of the problem, but Joe Burrow yeah. earned that one. Best uh, college quarterback But Dam- Damian Williams was great for Kansas City. Well, it was weird. And he's on, not, it, I mean, he's not the biggest name on that offense. I mean, it was weird on that, that touchdown run he had that sealed the game. It almost seemed like the 49ers kind of wanted him to score to even have a chance because the 49ers only they burned a timeout, so they only had two timeouts. So even if he would have gotten the first down – game's over they just take the knee take a knee and, and run out the clock even with the two timeouts so just Kyle Shanahan in fourth quarters of Super Bowls has not worked out well for him he was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons in the 2017 Oops. Super Bowl where the Patriots came back from 28 to 3 questionable play calling and in, in that one and then again here uh, in the fourth quarter I'm sure this one probably burns a bit more since he was the head coach of the 49ers and they were so close to to pulling out the franchise's sixth Super Bowl but uh, cool for Kansas City too party on uh, parade on Wednesday and cool. uh, they'll be uh, out in droves out, out in KC. Lots yep. of lots of ribs being eaten in Kansas City on Wednesday. Way to play into a stereotype, Bob. I I I'm on there. I know. I think the, the funniest thing about the Super Bowl is you mentioned Patrick Mahomes just taking a knee. Well, he took three at the end of the game. Huge, like going way far back than he needed to to take a knee. Uh, eventually, you know, it cuts into his rushing yards. Uh, and a lot of people lost their bets on the over <laughs> for that because he he had hit the over and then his three kneel downs put him at the under. That shouldn't be on him. That those those kneel downs should not belong to the quarterback. They should belong. Well, they to, do. They, well, I know, but well, they, they do, shouldn't. and people lost a lot of money. I'm saying they should not. That's <laughs> okay. that's wrong. There was a point in the ball game. And I was thinking of you guys, especially when uh, Garoppolo was something like 18 for 21. Just what EIU quarterbacks do until the big, until the big moment thinking, arrives. Speaking of MVPs, I was thinking, well, this guy, he might play himself into that. Yeah, maybe. I was already, you know, in my head thinking of the proclamations that they were going to write, renaming, you know, O'Brien Stadium, Jimmy Garoppolo Stadium, and all, those, all the street names, you know, renaming Marty's Garoppolo's or something, yeah. Jimmy G's. I like it. Um, okay. Shameless self-promotion. Uh, <laughs> check out AlinaHQ.com or if you got Sunday's News Gazette, uh, big feature on Jimmy Garoppolo and his time at uh, EIU. That Wr- I, written by Scott Ritchie. Th- that I wrote. <laughs> Illinois basketball coaches have a chance to get back out on the road a little bit this week, uh, Scott, uh, as uh, no game until Friday night. So don't forget the Brad Underwood show coming up tonight as well. But uh, what do you uh, think Illinois wants to get done this week? Heading into that uh, Maryland game, uh, zone offense maybe. It wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, that's what probably held them back the most against Iowa. And if I was any of Illinois' next nine Big Ten opponents, and then whoever in the Big Ten tournament, NCAA tournament, I would play zone defense uh, until Illinois proved that it could score against it. And I mean, they did some good things against zone against Northwestern. You know, got the ball to Georgie Shashvili in the short corner, got the ball in the high post, like the two areas where you can really attack the zone, uh, and then just kind of tooled around the perimeter against Iowa and settled for a lot of three-pointers, and they're the second-worst three-point shooting team in the Big Ten, so that's probably not a great idea. Um, they need to have something figured out. I mean, I mean, why wouldn't Maryland play zone on Friday? Um, Getting Iowa to Sumer going, it's also probably going to be a good thing. He took two shots in the second half at Iowa. 
that's not enough for your best player. And I mean, credit to Iowa for kind of limiting him a little bit, but uh, Illinois needs to get the best out of Iowa if it's going to you know stay at the top of the Big Ten. All righty, that's going to take care of our show tonight. We appreciate Thanks, uh, you folks here at the Esquire. Thanks to Al Davis for joining us, new assistant football coach. And we'll be back again next Monday. We'll talk some Illinois baseball with Dan Hartlib here coming up uh, next week on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. The Prep Sports Confidential coming up at 6. The Brad Underwood Show at 7. And we'll talk to you again next week right here. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for listening.